Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing an interview with an abductee. Just before we get into that though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast or any of the previous episodes, please feel free to subscribe. Also, if you want to leave us a five-star rating, that really does help us as well. You can jump onto all of our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, so you can give us a follow over there and keep in the loop for every time we post or anything else that's sort of uh, relevant to the podcast. And of course, if you want bonus content, episodes early, and just, you know, help support the podcast, you can jump onto our Patreon as well. Everyone who's already over there, I really greatly appreciate you helping support the podcast. The more of you who jump on over there, the more I'm going to be able to do this podcast. If you want to check out anything I just mentioned, there is a link in the description of this podcast for you. So in this episode, we are speaking to an alien abductee. This is a segment that has been recurring for pretty much as long as this podcast has been going. It's definitely one of my favorite things to do, and I know that you guys really get something out of it as well. So in this episode, we are speaking with a woman named Liv, and she lives in Canada. I don't want to say too much about Liv's experience here because I feel like this chat was really powerful, and I really enjoyed just speaking with her um, for the time that we did. She's had some really great insight, and uh, it was just... It's a very unique conversation, and just when she was speaking to me, uh, there was just that I had no doubt in my mind that what she was experiencing had actually happened. It was this really, as I'm going to use the word powerful again, it was just a really powerful conversation. And it'll be interesting to see if you guys find that translates as well, because just I was uh, just really taken back a little bit of just you know what we were sort of talking about. Like every time I do these interviews, you know, you never quite know what you're going to get. And, you know, looking within anything within the paranormal, it's, uh, it's you know, it's a bit of a slippery slope. You know, you don't ever, you just never know what you're getting yourself into. So this conversation with Liv was just so fascinating. And I feel like we get some really interesting answers out of her as well. So if you want more of these episodes, please reach out to me and let me know because the more you guys want them, uh, I'm more than happy to keep interviewing people about their alien abduction experiences. And also, if you've had an experience and you want to reach out to me, the best place to do it is email me at paranormalthoughtspodcast@gmail.com. Let's get into this episode. Liv, welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I uh, would love to hear a little bit about yourself. 
my name's Liv. I uh, I live in Canada, and um, I've I'm a regular abductee. Um, not like every month, but uh, usually around two or three times a year. My first abduction, as far as I can tell, was when I was 11. Uh, but there's a possibility there was some before that, and it's just kind of trickled from there. <laughs> Wow. So from your memory from around the time of 11, you've had these experiences um, multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. And is it the same? And of course, we're going to get into these experiences, but is it the same or has it sort of changed over time? It has definitely changed over time. As far as I can remember, there's nothing that really, no experience that was really the same or had the same thing. Like every experience, it's kind of like I do a few of the same things, but it's always different every time. That's really fascinating, actually, to hear that there is this difference and that it kind of has had some sort of evolution, which I suppose we can maybe go into a little bit as well. But that's uh, I wasn't expecting that answer, so it's really interesting. So why don't we start from that first experience that you remember when you were 11? Yeah, so my friend and I were at a Girl Guide camp. Girl Guide is like, um, like a scouts camp for girls in Canada. And we were doing a winter camp in November. Uh, we'd set up a tent. Uh, everyone's getting ready to go to bed. Uh, my friend and I kind of just like snuck out of the tent to kind of be fun. And we went and took a walk around the forest and came back. Nothing really happened. And uh, we ended up just going to bed. And I shut my eyes. And then like the next thing I knew, I was like on a metal table. I, I didn't know where I was. I was still in my pajamas. I was just on this metal table and I like, there was nothing to the right of me. It was a pure white room. There was nothing to the right of me, but like to the left, there was like these like tubes filled with like greenish blue liquid. They were like, not tubes, but they were like huge tanks. I, I don't really remember much after that. Like I either like blanked out or something, or I was just so scared. Uh, and then it's like I blinked again and I was in the tube. I was, and I saw my friend actually on the table I was just on. And I was just floating in this liquid. I could breathe normally. It was really strange. And uh, I just can't remember anything more after that. And I just kind of woke up the next morning, like I had a normal dream and I woke up the next morning and my friend woke up as well. And we were just like in the tent and it was really early in the morning and she looked terrified. Like she was like spooked awake, like she had a nightmare or something. And I was like, I just had a really strange dream and it was really scary because I was still quite young. Um, and I just, I didn't know where I was and it felt so real. And she's like, I just had a really strange dream too. And we end up figuring out that we both went to this place, both on that metal table. And we were both in those weird liquid tube things. And we didn't really know much about aliens or anything about aliens at that time, because we were just so young and it wasn't like an interest for us. And we were just like, oh, we just kind of got taken somewhere. That's weird and kind of scary. Yeah, I could imagine. And it must have been, I guess, surreal that you've just had this experience, but then to have shared it with your friend 
uh, and trying to make sense of that. How did you, did you kind of try to make any sense of it? Like, did you speak to an adult or other people about this at that time? Or did you just kind of try to forget about it? Yeah, we did actually, like, we were still quite young. So like, when our parents picked us up from that camp, we were like, hey, we got taken somewhere. And there was like a white room. And they were like, oh, that's, that's funny. And they kind of just shrugged it off as like, kids having active imaginations and eventually my friend and I just because of like the age we were and I think like the Barbie spy movie just came out or something and we were like oh my gosh we've been abducted by the government we're gonna be spot like super spies or something (laughs) that's what we thought it was yeah it's really interesting isn't it like having that influence and thinking that it could be more sort of earthbound government involvement and so on yeah did you did you have any other experiences like that around that age? Around that age, no. But about a year later, I had another experience. And it was just me that time. And that's when I kind of felt like it wasn't so human. That time, it was around Thanksgiving again. And I went out for a bike ride because we lived in a small town. So there wasn't too many much crime or anything. So my parents would just let us go out and bike around and do whatever, as long as we came back before a certain time. And, um, I went out and I was biking and I guess I didn't come home for hours. And that's kind of the first one where I think I was abducted alone. Was that one? I didn't really remember much about what happened other than Later, I had some dreams that there were people like watching over me and they injected me with something. And it was it was really strange. And I still kind of had the idea that I was like, oh, I was abducted by the government again. The pictures of the humans I was seeing in my dreams, like kind of re- like remembering this memory wasn't real humans. Like they didn't feel right. Something was off. And... It was just really strange that time too because I was, I was alone and I didn't know what was happening and I also didn't remember it till later. So you mentioned there that that was the first experience you had when you where you were abducted alone. So have you had other experiences other than that first time where you've been abducted with another person? Um, every single other time I've been abducted, I've been alone. Um, but there was another experience where I think another human was actually on board with me. I don't know for sure that um, this other person was a human. I just kind of feel like he was. That was both one of the most terrifying experiences I've had and also one of the most knowledgeable abductions I've had. So why don't we talk about that experience then? Yeah, so I had a few more abductions um, before this one had about four or five. It kind of happened in grade seven when I realized that these weren't humans and they were aliens abducting me. And I kind of just the next time I got um, abducted, even though I was calm and they had this calming effect over me, I kind of just asked them to not look human. And they did. They suddenly they didn't look human at all to me. And I don't know kind of like some mind tricks or something. And 
I had a few more experiences, so I eventually did realize they were not human and that there was some other entity that was abducting me. But this one, I I was 16 and it was like some of my normal abductions where I I kind of go on a walk or something and then I'd end up getting taken and uh, I was on the ship. I woke up just kind of like normal and they did a few tests. I don't really know what tests they do. I just kind of lay on that metal table. Uh, not really a metal table. It's more like a dentist chair kind of thing. And they just did kind of the test where they like, um, they weren't drawing blood or anything, but they were like, they just had monitors attached to me and around me in this odd machines and, I was just like, I guess this is just a normal one. I was calm. I was fine. And then they they had me stand up and leave the chair. And that's when I noticed that there was somebody else there. And being the age I was and at this point reading some things about alien abduction and like the like the genetic stuff, I got really scared because I was a young girl and there was a male human on board and it, it really terrified me because I was like, I don't know what they're doing here or why. And they just kind of like, we were both just in this room together. And, uh, I think, yeah, we just ended up sitting on the ground and, I do this a lot with them is that I, they'd have me sit on the ground. They don't like have chairs or anything. They just sat me on the ground and they would talk to me, but not like speaking, like telepathically communicate things. And him and I were staring at each other. And the only thing I could think of was, oh my gosh, they're doing this to like for mating reasons or something. Um, just because I know how like curious they were and I was just so scared of what they would make us do. And I wasn't ready for that. And, um, yeah, I just, nothing actually ended up happening. They sat us down and, uh, I guess they read my mind or something and started asking or answering some questions that I, been wanting to ask it's like we just had a normal conversation with them but like telepathically and it was the strangest experience I've ever had with them because they've never actually just talked before so well there's there's a lot in that which I kind of would like to unpack like first of all um you coming to the conclusion that you wanted them to show themselves as they really were uh and it's interesting that they were I guess cloaking themselves to appear more human, I suppose, for your benefit to feel comfortable. And and obviously, as you were just getting to there, I'm very curious about what, what questions did you have for them and what answers were you able to get? Second. I have a journal. Perfect. I was actually going to ask, since you have had quite a few experiences, because how old are you now? I am 22 right now. Okay. So you've had like more than a handful of experiences over the last decade or so. Uh, I was curious if you have been keeping um, some sort of journal or notes on uh, these experiences. 
Yeah, I started uh, journaling uh, when I was 15. So it would have been a couple years after. So I am missing a lot of those really early abductions and I don't have too many of the notes or really remember what happened during those. But um, as they became, as I realized that it was going to be a more constant thing in my life, I decided that I wanted to remember things. On April 18th of 2015, I wrote, I had a few questions. So one of my questions was, where are they from? They had kind of already showed me this before, but they telepathically showed me uh, their star, their solar system, and their planet's location within their solar system. They kind of showed me like a, a star cluster that acted like or looked like their star or was their star from planet Earth, um, which really gave me an idea like kind of where they were from. But they, they have two suns, so I learned that for the first time. But uh, I kept asking questions just about society. That's really what I was interested in about them. I didn't really want to know why they were here or why they took me. It was just, it was too scary for me. Like it's better not to know. So I kind of went into this kind of wanting to be a historian and just gather information. So I asked them about their society, their families. Oh, um, the conversation started because I asked about if they were going to make us mate or I, I thought about why they were going to make us mate. And they said that they weren't and that they were just interested in the interaction between the male and female species of our planet in vulnerable situations, considering they don't have situations like that on their planet and they don't have relationships like we do. They just kind of mate and then they communally raise their offspring. Um, I asked them about their architecture, um, and what their planet looked like. And they showed me images of uh, like a lot of greenery. They have a lot of really, really tall trees. So most of their planet is covered in really tall trees because uh, their sun is actually really kind of closer to their planet. Um, so they have these tree-like things that kind of cover them from the sun and also like keeps the ground cool so they can't like build cities like we do they build everything under these trees um but i did realize or i did learn during that time that they are actually a younger species than we are and they haven't been around as long um but there was another planet of intelligent species that actually brought them uh, technology and taught them how to use it that's really interesting because i kind of went to that idea as soon as you said that they were younger than us because the first thing is like well how, how can that be the case if they have this technology to I guess make it here and as you just said well they've had that passed on to them which you know is the speculation that that's also happened here as well yeah um they told me and they've kind of I've kind of puzzled pieced it together over the last couple of years like basically they had a really young planet and there was groups that were going around just giving technology to any kind of intelligent species for, I don't know. And that's why they really enjoy 
watching Earth and watching us progress and seeing how we progress naturally is because they didn't have that. In experiences since then, have you ever had this situation again where you were able to have a conversation with these beings? Not too many. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been times where they've been telepathically communicating with me and I've been kind of sending my thoughts out and they kind of taught me how to telepathically communicate with them back and to like direct my thoughts to them um, just to kind of break a language barrier because they want to learn more about us. And I've been able to ask a few questions here and there, but they still aren't very forthcoming about things like they were that one time. It was it, it was really strange just because of that one time how much they, they told us. Yeah, fair enough. How do you classify these beings? Like what do they look like? What sort of sense do you get from them? Do you think they're... They're here just to study. They're not malicious in any way. Like, Tell me a little bit about them from your perspective. Well, I'll start with kind of a description of them. So they have, um, they have the normal black eyes that you kind of hear a lot about, and they're actually fairly large, um, just like you hear a lot of. But they, their body is as if you like put like a gray head on like a deer. It's... It's a very strange body structure they have. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh, it's kind of humanoid. I'm like, if you saw it, you would not think that because it's 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 very strange. They do stand up and do things like they do move around like us and have that kind of structure. But they do get around quickly on their hands and feet, like kind of like a monkey. Very, very strange body. Very different. Yeah. I don't know. It's It seems kind of humanoid, but at the same time, like me seeing it, I'm like, it's it's really not other than it has two legs and two arms. That's, that's about the only thing that makes it humanoid. I genuinely think they're good natured. Like, I don't think they're going to like enslave the human race or like, kill us all or something they genuinely just seem like curious beings that are just here to see what happens Um, but at the same time they don't understand some boundaries and stuff so they have done procedures on me uh, that I I didn't like and they have touched stuff and done stuff that made me very uncomfortable and scared me and has kind of traumatized me. But I think most of it's just because they don't understand us as much. I I like to think that, and that might just be me looking through rose-colored glasses to make myself feel better, but I, I want to believe they're good. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Um, sorry to hear that you have had those uh, negative experiences as well because that's that's a very difficult thing to have uh, and also very isolating because it's not it's not a usual thing to try to reach out to someone and you know talk about these experiences and I guess have people sympathize with it as well. It's a very difficult position to be put in uh, when you don't really have any control over it. 
I want to think they're still good, though. Um, it's just a misunderstanding. And do you have any... Have they sort of explained to you at all um, their mode of transportation? Because you haven't really seen a craft or anything, have you? You've just sort of been inside? I've never seen the exterior of the craft um, in in person, um, but they have showed me, like, they, they have telepathically shown me pictures or shown me what it looks like. I'm not really one who could even tell you how a car works, so... I didn't really go too much into depth of how it works, but I do know they use gravity from planets to move faster and that the ships they use on Earth, like the specific be- like the specific species, um, the ships they use within our atmosphere is not the same ships they use to travel far distances. Okay. I have heard a few other abductees mention that the same thing, like, that they have crafts for Earth and then crafts for traveling, but we don't ever see the crafts that they travel far distances with. So, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Is there anything else um, that you've got there in your journal from any other tidbits that you've learned from them? I don't know if they bury their dead, um, but they do have like a kind of funeral, kind of funeral ritual they do when they die. They do plant flowers or plants. I don't know if you could really consider them flowers (laughs) that they plant. I'm not really sure what they do with the bodies. But a lot of their species kind of believes that uh, it's more worth saving the soul or like 
the being rather than the body, which is kind of in the weird situation I'm in, is that I'm kind of just a body to them, not really a soul for them to carry care about. I think they just care more about the body I'm in. I feel like more and more I'm speaking with people doing reading about the soul and how that seems to be kind of an ongoing thing that's coming up time and time again with uh, these extraterrestrials where it seems like you know, there's people here on Earth now who believe that they've been reborn here on Earth, you know, from being from somewhere else, that they were once a different species and so on. And it's it's this whole, yeah, it's very interesting that the idea of a soul, which I suppose here on Earth we consider very spiritual or even religious, you could say, um, but for them it could be a similar thing, but it almost just seems like it's more of a way of life in a sense that they are these vessels like this, their bodies are these vessels um, for these souls and that the souls almost seem interdimensional in a sense too, that, you know, you're not just bound to wherever you're originally from. Yeah, it, it to them it's just like a fact that like your soul exists and your soul can do this and move and you're just in a body. Um, where like on earth it's like you mentioned the word soul and people are like, oh, that's so spiritual. I'm like, I'm not really into the spiritual thing of that, but I like, I, I, I call it a soul. Um, they called it something else, but that's kind of what I gathered is what, what they're, they're referring to. Is, yeah. Is, is what we consider a soul is like an energy kind of non-existent thing that just is part of us. Like the essence of being or something. Yeah. I think that's a good place to get into something that I read on your Reddit. And I'd like to for you just to elaborate on this about that, you you know, when you were in the womb and so on, that whole side of that story. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. So when my mom was pregnant, um, they found out that my brain was not developing properly. And um, doctors came up to her. They were like, unfortunately, she stopped like developing her brain. She could be um, kind of like a vegetable, I'd be able to just kind of breathe on my own. I wouldn't be able to really move or speak or anything. I'd be very mentally handicapped, which it's unfortunate. So because of where my mom was in her pregnancy at this point, they uh, were like, oh, you can terminate your pregnancy here and you wouldn't have to worry about this. And uh, my mom, my parents are very religious people. And so my mom has always told this story for years that God or an angel like sent this doctor to help me and to save me. I didn't really know about it until I was older about this happening, but she, she I guess, like decided to keep me, even though it was like very improbable that I would develop normally. And she said she would take care of me anyway. And um, this doctor who was a was part of a university study for studying um, brain development and fetuses, um, actually reached out to her and was like, Hey, we have this program. We want to help you. It's an experimental program, but it could help. And my mom said yes to that. And my personal kind of theory is that that doctor was part of these aliens. Cause I have heard, um, they do have program where they would put the souls of their own that were injured and damaged bodies uh, into humans to live on earth. And I guess I was part of that program. And there was 
a lot of babies that were part of this program, some of them turned out to have two souls in them. So I guess at some point, if a body is not practical to live in, a soul will leave. And they thought that because my brain had been developing or not developing for so long that my soul would have left. And then they could put one of their own um, to just kind of learn about Earth from a human perspective. And I guess that didn't happen. And so we kind of noticed in my childhood that I would remember, I would not remember things and I would have very distinct personalities, not like DID or anything like that, but I was just, I, I could switch so quickly into a different person and it was strange and I had to learn to live with that as a kid, but it didn't really stop me or anything. And, um, but once I started getting abducted, they started saying stuff. They're like, Oh, where's the other soul? And we want to speak to the other soul. And, um, they would just, I would just no longer be in control of my body. I'd be watching from the other side as my body was moving and talking and, they kind of made me realize that they had one of their own in my body, um, that she was kind of living part-time through me, which was really strange at first and hard to think about. And But um, I've grown to just kind of be okay with it now that they really were just here for my body to put this other soul into. Yeah. Wow. So I guess that sort of answers the question of why uh, you would think they'd be interested in you is because they are using your body for one of their own. This, I suppose this soul is, or this entity is a part of you. Is there any way you've been able to, I guess, have some sort of contact with it? Like, is there, do you ever have sort of thoughts that aren't your own? And now you become aware or? Yeah. So since they made me aware, I've been able to communicate via telepathy because uh, the way they put telepathy is telepathy is kind of the the way co- uh, souls converse with each other. So it's not really your, it, it's like your brain formatting something to communicate to another brain, but like your cell phone is your soul in a way. That's kind of how I understood it. And so the way we communicate is kind of like that through thoughts now but like we have to format our thoughts but she's she's not here all the time so it's still my body um but she does get to I say she because she's in my body um but they get to like live through me sometimes and see things uh because we're connected do you know much about her um I do know that uh her body is badly damaged, which is why she was going to be part of this program. Um, But she was also very young when this happened. So once again, when things happen to their bodies, they, they, they don't cherish the body, they cherish the soul and they'll move the soul to another body to fulfill life. And so that was the thing they were like, Oh, there's this young offspring of ours who is now um, damaged and very ill. And now we're going to put them in a new body on earth to to live but unfortunately because of what happened um she now does live part-time in her damaged body um which is a very rare thing 
like on their planet. I was going to ask, is that the situation? Because um, as you said, she's not there all the time. So I guess, yeah, she is sort of also living out part of her life in that body as well. And what do you think the situation might be when she's in that body? Is she sort of contained, hospitalized or something like that? Or what's what's that even look like? Yeah. So from what she's told me, she's pretty much hospitalized. Like she, um, her body is so damaged that she can't move. So she is fairly sick. Um, and it's difficult for her to get around. Um, but they do have, they do have some people who come visit her and, or some other beings that visit her and she does communicate with them. But like a lot of their things, it seems like it's mostly just focused on like a directive. Like they have one thing that that's what their life is about. So when she's not in my body, she's telling other people on the planet about what earth is like. Yeah. So that's like her, her whole purpose is yeah relaying back this message that she experiences through you. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Wow. I'm curious, did you, have you kept in touch with that friend that you had the first experience with when you were 11? I have. She, she still does remember it. Has she had other experiences since? Or do you think that was just because they were after you and for some reason they brought her into it as well? She had one other experience. Um, I, I'm not really sure what happened. She has not really talked about it other than that she told me um, they came and got her again. She was a lot more traumatized by the first experience than I think I was or that I feel like I am now. And when we kind of figured out it wasn't humans and it was it was more aliens, it, it kind of was even scarier to her. It was around the same time when I was 16 that uh, she came to me one day at school uh, after she had been gone a couple days and she said they came and got me they're the same ones and I I was trying to I've been trying to get information out of her for like years but um she she didn't want to talk about it she's like they were the same ones you described they they did the test they put me in that tube again and that's all she ever told me. So she's she's kind of my only friend I have left now. And that's only because she's the only one who knows I'm not lying about this because it happened to her too. Yeah. It puts you in a really difficult position, doesn't it? It's a very life-changing experience. Uh, and, you know, for you, you've had it for, you know, most of your life now. And um, when it is that occurring, uh, obviously it's hard to avoid it you know it must consume a lot of your everyday even just you know just knowing that something's happening to you that you can't explain and just people wouldn't understand it um for a while it did take over my life like a lot of my life because i i tried for years just to get any kind of evidence and i i i drove myself crazy just trying to get evidence for other people so that you know, when I just disappeared, I wasn't just that bad teenager who ran away for a couple hours. And I wasn't just that bad friend who didn't show up uh, to my friend's birthday party. I was, I, I just kind of drove myself mad going, I have to figure out a way to show these people what's happening to me. And 
at this point, I've, I've become comfortable that I may never get that. And that if I do end up telling more people that I'll just have to believe that they'll trust me, even though there's not really any more evidence I can give other than my mother's story and mine. That's, that's about it. So I know you mentioned that your parents are quite religious and have you spoken to them in much detail about what has happened to you? And if so, do they sort of take that as maybe more of like a religious kind of experience or what, what sort of the go with that? I told my mom when I was young, like, I think I was 13, 14, I told my mom and she brushed it off. And then one day it happened again. I, I, I went missing again and, um, my mom ended up calling the cops and stuff because she was like, my daughter's been missing for hours. And anyway, I, when I got home, of course she was worried, but she also was super mad at me. And I told her again, I'm like, every single time this happens, I'm being taken not by humans, by like other beings. And because of their religion, they, um, they kind of got me a, a, a priest so my parents and I don't really have a great relationship with that anymore. They got a priest because she thought I was being taken by kind of demons or something or being um, like my mind was being taken by the devil to do bad things and to scare her. That's kind of the way she took that. I was curious if that was the case. That's what I sort of, sort of was assuming, which is very difficult. I feel like even though religion does seem to play somewhat of a part in this stuff like not so much a part but there's a lot of crossover when it does seem to cross over I guess on an earthly kind of situation you know between people it's completely opposite ends of the spectrum isn't it and it's really hard to I don't know maybe convince someone or you just have like that open conversation about it uh, what, what advice would you give to anyone listening who if someone was to come to them and you know tell you know they have an experience just like yours and you know someone's listening to this how would you hope that would go down would you just want them to hear them out or what do you think it's I think it's great to hear from someone who has been in that position hopefully you know we can sort of educate people absolutely hear them out um even if you yourself don't believe it there's easily telltale signs when it is actually affecting someone and even me meeting other objectees, I can tell when they're not lying and that this is genuine because you can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their body language. It, it's terrifying. And sometimes even to talk about it is better than just keeping it in and letting it haunt your dreams and letting it just kind of consume you. So even if you don't believe in it, just listen to them because it could mean the world to them. I think that's uh, beautifully said. I'm curious, when was the last experience that you had? My last experience um, was the last week of February of this year, kind of recent. I don't remember much from that experience other than it was not a good one. It's probably one of the bad ones because I just, I can't remember it, but I just have like, like after it, I just knew something, something bad happened, something I didn't want to remember. 
And do yeah. you think? Do you think that's your subconscious blocking that out, or do you think that is something that these beings are doing to you? I think it might be a bit of both. I'm not sure if they intentionally block um, my memories. Maybe they do. A lot of my a lot of my abductions, I can remember as if like. If I was just like a little intoxicated, like drunk or something, and I was trying to remember the night before, that's what it feels like when I'm remembering my abductions after they happen. But some of them, I just, I come to and I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by fear and I just feel like something's wrong. And I don't know if that's just me blocking it out because I have heard that if you have a traumatic event or you, you go through a traumatic event, sometimes your brain will just do that so that you don't have to like remember it as kind of a safety thing. But also I'd hope that kind of somewhere in there that they care about me enough that they would just block these on purpose. Yeah. But considering the misunderstandings I have with them, I, I feel like, they wouldn't do that because they wouldn't understand that this would be traumatic for me. Yeah, it's like they don't understand, they don't have that sort of emotion, I suppose. They do have They do have some emotions, not as broad as us. Like, I think the biggest issue is that they just don't understand human emotions and what actually scares us and is traumatizing to us more. I, th- I think that's the really big issue, but it's not like they seem emotionless like some abductees describe their their abductors. What, what emotions have you seen them show? It's hard to like for them to show it on their face, but it I can get like like I have noticed when it's like there's tension or when it's it's happy and they're like it doesn't seem as stressed or something almost as if like you walk into a room where like you could cut the tension with the knife sometimes, but also sometimes it just, it feels like a good room. Yeah. I get that same kind of vibes from them sometimes. So I definitely do think they have emotions and I think just because they've been on earth long enough, they have maybe kind of figured that out. Yeah. Do you know roughly how long they've been visiting? They said, well, they didn't say, but uh, it, it sounds like they've been here from like the 60s. So we already had some technology, but not too much, not like what we have today. So from what I've roughly gathered, it seems like maybe the 60s. Yeah, that sounds, uh, that would make a lot of sense. That's obviously kind of like the golden age, sort of, you know, from the 40s through to really the 70s, I'd say, where a lot of the, I guess a lot of the standout sort of abduction cases and when all this really started to unfold is, you know, throughout those sort of decades. And I know you mentioned that you don't want to know the full picture because if it's going to happen to you anyway, you're kind of a happier not knowing. Do you think you'll get to the point where if these experiences do continue to happen that you will want to know more answers? For my sanity, I... I don't think I'll ever will. Um, I mean, I live with what I know now. I mean, if they're planning on like annihilating earth or something, I don't really want to know. And I, I did almost drive myself to madness like a couple years ago. So I don't really want to go back to that state of mind where I'm just trying to get information from them or just trying to 
prove to others that they're real or just trying to find out why they're here because I don't think I'm going to find out and I don't think I want to know. It's just, it, it's too much. Makes total sense. How secretive are these beings? How would they feel about you speaking to an audience now? From what I can tell, I've had no retaliation from them. They've never said anything, done anything that makes me think that they're not okay with me talking about it. Maybe it's just because they, they haven't given me any information that's worth knowing. Not yeah. Yeah, not knowing or yeah. knowing. Yeah. So like they haven't taught me like how to build their flight system or any of those things. They to them it's just like their basic everyday stuff is what I know. Yeah. As you said, they kind of have a purpose, right? Like, and they sort of live out that purpose. And I suppose the beings that you're interacting with, their purpose is exactly what they're doing with you in that space. So it's to them, it's, it's what they're just, what they do day in, day out. Like they're probably, if they do what they need to do, they probably don't really care about whoever they're having these interactions with, then going and mentioning to other people. It's really not in their sort of scope uh, of things. They seem like they're just here to learn, so I don't know why they would really care. Yeah. From your experience, it sounds like what they're wanting to learn is, I guess, more of just the physical side of things, like our bodies, how they sort of operate, uh, and maybe a little bit with our consciousness as well, but you'd think if they're more interested in that, you're probably having more of these dialogues, correct? Like it seems like they are kind of more interested in just like the body aspect of us. It does seem like they are really interested in just how, yeah, we interact with our body, what our bodies are capable of, just like at least these ones that I see. There could be other ones that care more about our cultures and what we do and how we act. But in my case, yeah, they just seem to care about my body and what I can do and... um what they can kind of stretch my body to the limits and just see what it's capable of. Just finally, Liv, is there any any sort of last words from you or any sort of advice you'd like to give people listening? Obviously, you know, you've um, lived with this for quite a long time and, you know, if there's someone listening who might be in a similar position, not really knowing what to do, might be really consuming for them. Um, yeah, is there any sort of words you would uh, like to pass on to them? You're not alone. Everyone probably thinks that they're alone. Um, I still feel like I'm alone sometimes, but I don't think I'm alone. You're not alone. Try and find those people that you can be open with, even if it's just someone on the internet or um, a friend you really trust. Just use that to your advantage because holding it in only makes it so much worse and just so much harder. Yeah, well said. All right, Liv, well, thank you so much for taking the time and going into such great detail. I really appreciate it. I know the people listening are really going to appreciate it as well. I feel like people who listen to these interviews obviously have an interest in this stuff, but, you know, are really searching for answers and trying to figure out if they've had experiences, you know, what that kind of means and everything amongst that. You know, it's a really, it's a really broad topic. Um, and as we've sort of said, you know, like 
not an easy thing to talk about. So hopefully um, people are going to get something out of this conversation. I know they will for a fact, but, you know, just thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. And there you go. There was an interview with an abductee with Liv. Thank you so much again to Liv for taking the time and speaking with us. You know, it sounded like for her, it was something she really enjoyed doing, getting to tell her story, getting to tell us uh, really some great insights into her experience. But also, uh, it's, it's great for us as well because I feel like we get some more information, some more knowledge on this particular topic. And, you know, if you're listening who has some unexplained experiences as well, hopefully you might be able to find something within this interview to maybe help you, give you some answers, maybe take you in a certain direction, what kind of have you. So hopefully it wasn't just uh, entertaining, but, you know, it was also quite a educational or maybe a bit of an enlightening kind of conversation as well. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for making it this far. I really do appreciate it. Once again, if you want to find our Patreon, our Instagram, our Facebook, anything like that, check out the link in the description of this podcast. Thank you guys so much, and I look forward to seeing you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.